It's hard to hear the truth with so many people talking. Join your host as he engages in unfettered conversation with folks sharing their perspective on how businesses, political policies, technology, and world events impact their families and communities. If you want to turn your thoughts into actions, listen to the Brother of Light, dropping wisdom in your left ear and knowledge in your right. Well, folks, like she said, you're uh, joining us on an exciting episode of Folks Unfettered, and I'm your host, Gene Folks. We uh, continue our series on the alchemy of leadership. We've had so many guests that have uh, expressed an interest in providing their experience, wisdom, and expertise on this subject, and we are excited today. I am always excited because I get to learn just as much as you do from an author, a community activist, and a mentor, Lucas L. Armstrong. He's got a book available on Kindle called Your Story Is Not Your Story. Uh, he talks about his personal journey and how he's overcome all those challenges. And he's with us on the program this morning. Lucas, how are you today? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great, man. Now it's just I'm hearing your voice. I know. Same here. Me too. And uh, I know you and I have had uh, conversation um, over, the, over the years, it seems, uh, when we had initially started. Start out with um, how you and I met. Because <laughs> you reminded me, and how we've stayed connected, and and um, how we can help those that are listening to the program mimic this sort of relationship. Okay, okay. Can, can you hear me loud and clear? I hear you perfectly well. Good, good. Well, we we met through a mutual friend, uh, actually through a young lady named Jasmine, and uh, one of the business that you owned at that time. Uh, you was uh, gracious enough in your heart to help a young brother out. Mm-hmm. And so that and it's and it's crazy with the story that we even though that didn't work out, that we still remain connected. And that's where I feel like that's the true essence or the true attention of a of a person with a big heart, of an unselfish person. Because we really haven't had no connection to each other in years. Mm-hmm. And so and so I tell people, you know, you the people that come into your life, they help you. Uh, you'll you'll find out if they're real or not through time. Time tells all. Right. Yeah, you're right. And you know, you reminded me too because I remember uh, we, I, I, you know, we were talking, and you know, let's just talk real, right? So we were talking, and and I know we were connected on Facebook, and I said, just man, remind me, because it's been what now, like ten years or so? Is that about right? It's 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 been ten years. Mm-hmm. It's been ten years. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because. When you and I were talking, you know, sometimes you can get so busy, right, in doing things. And I said, can you remind me how we met? And you explained mm-hmm. to me how we met. And I was like, oh, like, that was really Well, you never forget about the people who have impacted your life along the way. You do. Never. Right. 
Never. Right. You don't. And so what you did in that conversation that we had a few days ago was remind me of a purpose that I had as, as a younger man. Um, I wasn't fortunate enough to have as many role models in my life as I see today. And one of the things that I said, sometimes you just don't even do it. I just remember you were, you seemed driven. You had a purpose. Um, and you may have caught me at my busiest time. And we just sat down, we had a conversation and you were courageous enough to express who you were, what you wanted to do, and where you were going. And it's so impactful to me to see, what, 10 years later, you're, you've written your book called Your Story Is Not Your Story. Um, t tell the audience what you've gone on to do, and not because of me, right? Just because of you sticking close to your purpose and your dream. I would like to think that along the way that I was sort of um, um, speaking. You was, you, you was an image that I saw that who I can become. And I think that's, that's excuse me. That's why I tell people that that um, you know, you we we can have all these goals and dreams and things mm -hmm. like that. We can write it down. We can we can pray about it. We can, uh, but you got to get yourself around the environment. And next, you know, once you get yourself around your the environment, then you can touch and feel the people that you you have admired who are who has impacted your life. Uh, as you was coming up in your journey. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm grateful to the time that you even had a conversation with me. You know, I'm just an up and coming kid. But for you to give yourself, give your time up to me, to even have conversations with me, that was big to me. Well, you know, and I appreciate you saying that. And what was impressive to me is in our conversation, you had reinvigorated in me uh, and helped me set myself on a path to be able to even do this podcast because sometimes wow. we get so busy and like you and a couple of other young men that I've had the opportunity to be around. And sometimes when you are out there doing the best that you can, not everyone is going to make it on the big screen, right? Not everyone's going to get the sort of worldwide acknowledgement. They, they go along in life and I'm, think I'm one of those people too to where we just do the best that we can given the tools that we have in order to positively impact those people around us if you remember that's been a that's sort of my mantra is to positively impact and what I didn't expect to receive is how in return is because of young brothers like you folks unfettered exist today because they didn't think you have a voice and so what I want the audience to grasp on this episode is your story, is your opportunity to share with them who I saw at that moment when I had owned that company in Rockwell, Texas, um, to where we were looking to really take care of the people within our community, we take care of the elders in our community. And by doing that, when you step into a role, because I'm still, was a young man too, and I still need coaching and mentorship as, as in order for me to help share my voice to a young brother like you and so share your story uh where you you know where you come from who you are what you've been doing this is what this is really about lucas it's really about sharing your story in a way that hopefully will resonate with another you know little gene folks or a lucas l armstrong some person somewhere that may be inspired by what you have to say so just tell us your story who you are what you've been doing these last 10 years because it's really 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 compelling okay okay well my life started out, you know, kind of 
I tell people, I, I came into this world fighting for my life. Um, I weighed one pound coming to this world. The doctor told my mother that I won't, I won't be able, I won't live to see the age, to see the age of three years old. And because I was a premature child. And so early on in my life, I came into this world fighting for my territory. I came into this world fighting for my life, fighting for who God wanted me to become in the future. And um, and I always tell people that that was my beginning. My beginning is kind of like the, the theme of my life. And so going through those those moments in my life where uh, and I always ask my mother, you know, what was your thinking, you know, for them, for the doctors to tell your mother uh, to tell you, say, hey, your son might not live to eight, see the age of three years old. And if he do, he might have all these health challenges that you might have to do this and that. Mm. And so for me to come out being a miracle child, that was my mindset when I was younger. I I, I always hear that, that, hey, I'm a miracle child. Hey, I was so small that I could, I could sleep in a shoebox. And, um, and so your impression of yourself when you're younger is, okay, Hey, I'm the miracle child, so I'm I'm happy to be here, and and you know this is how life is supposed to be, and so growing up was kind of hard from that aspect right there, because uh, that's the that's the story that was played in my mind growing up. I kept hearing it all the time that hey, you lucky to be here, you lucky to be here, you know you should be grateful, grateful, grateful. I said okay, and so the next phase after my life after that was a period of my life where uh, I went through mental abuse, uh, verbal. Uh, physical through with my dad. Um, man, it was, it was some hard times. Uh, I remember being uh, uh, beaten with the water hose. Uh, I was been slapped down so many times. I've been saying that I won't go be this. I won't go be that. And and I tell people that that the thing that I went through with my dad that I had to learn how to forgive him at an early age. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for for him. It was for me. Right. And so just imagine you set up, you the miracle child. Now you already, you already they went through one part, one phase of your life early on where, hey, you don't know if you're going to be here. You're, you're, you're a, a, a premature child. You, you already going through stuff. And then next phase of your life, you, you going through basically hell. And I remember those days being mm-hmm. slapped down and being saying, I want to go be this. I want to go be that. And, and my dad taking his anger out on me for certain things and, and and so I really had to build myself at a young age of the self confidence. And it was days that I wanted to kill myself. It was days that I said, "Man, why? If I'm a miracle child, why do I have to go through this at a young age?" And so I guess my life was kind of like it was setting up for the the greater part of my life of the, of me becoming this person that I need to become. But at first, I had to go through hell to get to the heavens of my life. Mm-hmm. And that was just all the mindset part of it. Mm-hmm. Because I look, look at what I endured, I endured at an early age. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going through all that, you know, the physical abuse, the, the verbal, uh, mental. And, and I carried that with me as I got older. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to learn how to uh, work through myself. And, and that's why I'm a big proponent of self-development. Mm-hmm. You know, I have read hundreds of books. I have listened to over 10,000 hours worth of audios of of people like Les Brown, Jerry Clark, mm-hmm. T D Jakes, Joe Osteen, Jim Rohn. See, I could call out the names like that because people I would ask me to this day, Lucas, how did you survive the things that you was going through? Mm-hmm. And I said, at an early age, I, I listened to people like yourself that um work on yourself, work on your mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Rohn got this famous quote is for things to change, you must change. Mm-hmm. And, and and you've got to put the work on yourself. Work harder on yourself than anything else part of your life. 
And so that I believe that. And so reading the books, you know, listen to the audios, all that positive information, you know, going to sleep at night with the recorder playing on some positive so I could wake up in a different spirit. Because look at look at the beginning of my life. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to clean I had to clean all that up inside of me mm-hmm. at an early age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people really didn't understand that part of my life. And then I moved to the next phase of my life where uh, I was my mom's first child to graduate from college, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this, this this how the devil was like, hey, I know this guy's going to be a big, big star or a big, a big, uh, speak, you know, he got big plans for us. Like, I need to stop it. Now, that, that was the analogy in my head. And so the day after I graduated from college, I had my daughter, her mother, and we was going back. I was taking them back home. And so I seen two people on the side of the highway. So I decided to pick them up. Mm-hmm. You know, they had ran out of gas. It was a young couple. And so they got in my car. And the last words that I remember them saying to me was, hey, you have a beautiful child. And I said, thank you, which is my daughter, which today is she just she just turned 18 and she has graduated from high school now. So that's the blessing in that part right there. And so I pick up these two people and we get back into the highway. A drunk driver hit us. When that drunk driver hit us, the two people that was in my car they were instantly thrown from the car. Everybody was thrown from the car except me, my daughter, the two people that I picked up, and her mother. Wow. And and so instantly at that moment, I, I'm looking like I, I didn't I didn't think, but I was like, this can't be happening. It was like a dream in the midst of the moment of the present. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter was thrown out the car, and um, when she was thrown out, I, I she was laid out on the side of the highway. Mm-hmm. And and then when I tell this story, Gene. It, it, this is my conviction and my belief. You know, it, it's different than when you read it, but when you see it in your life and real reality, mm-hmm. it, it does something to you. And so when I picked my daughter up in the middle of the highway, while all the cars was around, she was there, like she was dead. And I tell people to this day, mm-hmm. when when I looked at my two year old daughter, she she was, and I and I and I looked at the conviction. I said, God, don't let my daughter die on me. Please don't let her die. She was in my arms. Jean, mm-hmm. her eyes rolled in the back of her head. And she popped up just like that. So when you see a lot of miracle like that, how can you explain that to somebody? Mm-hmm. How? Her face is split. Her face is split open. Wow. And so and so I was like, okay, but the two people that I picked up, they end up dying in my car. They end up dying in my car. They flew out the car from the back. And so mm-hmm. they end up dying. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't get to them. I couldn't get to them, and mm-hmm. and they hunted me for uh, for a long time in my life. And I said, man, I I look and I look at the beginning of my life. I said, wow, I'm going through these, these these. Why I'm going through these situations? Like like who am I? What what's like what's going on? Like mm-hmm. I remember cussing out God in my voice. Like man, like wow, I'm going. I'm a good. I'm a good kid. I just want to be successful. Right, right. I just want to be. You know, all the stuff that I worked on, and and I got in business. I had got into the industry of network marketing. That's where I learned all my skill set from. I said, and I'm young going through this. And mm-hmm. I was like, I had a goal to be a millionaire at 25. I was like, man, you know, I was confident. Mm-hmm. But the day after college, everything started to snowball. Right. And so every time I would look at my daughter's face, I, I would get depressed. Every time I would drive, I would mm-hmm. shake. Every time I would have nightmares and anxiety attacks, uh, why I couldn't, you know, I put so much attention on my daughter that I could, you know, what if I could have, say the people that that was thrown from the back of my car you know right. just got to him or, or talked to him and so I, I was dealing with all these emotions early and while i'm dealing with that 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 next year i found out my son has cancer oh wow 
And and the way that I'm telling you the story, that's yeah. the way that it happened. Yeah. I, I can't I can't sugarcoat it no no way. How and, was he when so, how was he when he had cancer? He was uh my son counted, I think he was five years old. Oh wow. That's... He was five and wow. and, and so I, I haven't even healed from the things that I'm going through with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so now mm-hmm. I'm dealing with this where I met, the, you know, they said, well, your son got neuroblastoma. Basically, he have cancer in his uh, in his head, wow. uh, brain tumor and things like that. And so we at the hospital and they had to cut into his head two times to get the t- to remove the tumor. And then it, it grew back and it came back cancerous. Mm. But we at the hospital and his kids around him dying. But he's not. Wow. What do you how do you explain that your life to somebody when? That this you you know situations like that you can't explain that to people, mm-hmm. but that's what mm-hmm. was going on in my life, in my twenties, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at my kids. I'm scared to be around my kids. I'm like Lucas, man, like everything I touch, like what's going on, like like you know, like man, I can't believe my life is like this. Like right. I, I'm not a, right. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink. I, I just wanted to right. be successful. I just wanted right. to. Why why I'm going through this? And I had no one to talk to at that time. Mm-hmm. I, how can I re, how, how can I explain myself to somebody? They go look at me like I'm crazy. Right. I remember I was trying to date a young lady, and I was telling her what I was going through, and she was like, "I can't, I can't date you because I think, I think I'm thinking something's going to happen to me." And right. I'm like, "Wow, right?" You know, you know? Let me, yeah. Let me um, let me interject here just for a minute. Um, you know, that is part of the challenge, right? That when you go is. through this journey, you know, in the introduction of your book, you say one key to you know, your your uh, Robert Quinn makes this quote in your book, and he said, one key to successful leadership is continuous personal change. Personal change is a reflection of our inner growth and empowerment. And as I listen to your story, it's interesting because when I take a look at, especially specifically men of color, especially black men, we have often been overlooked for the inner challenges that we go through in American culture. We don't address the mental health challenges that come along with being constantly berated and attacked from every sector of this American society. Oftentimes, we are met with aggression from a criminal justice system that is often overarching and overreaching. We are oftentimes met with aggression from law enforcement. And I'm, you know, I've been a big proponent of law enforcement officers. I know their jobs they have to do, but reality of the matter is, is that we have historically been met with aggression from law enforcement. And we have often been left out of the American dream or discounted or dismissed as a sidekick when we have had to deal with trying to find our place in this world personally and professionally. And then we have inner turmoil within our families because we're human beings. And so we're often handled with the external results of men that have just been hurt. And as I listen to your story, you know, when we had that conversation, first I'm blown away because I don't, you had the 
more courage than I have experienced, and yet it's been a, th- a thread in my life. I had a gentleman that I was with at Merrill Lynch um, who was in a similar story, and I remember is at the time I was just coming off The Apprentice, and I got uh, went back to Dallas, and I had a colleague that said, have you heard, and I'll leave this person's name um, off this program, for, for, his, for his family. Have you heard about this individual? Uh, he was uh, rear-ended by a truck, him and his entire family. And he's now in the hospital uh, with third-degree burns, and they, they think he's going to recover. We don't know if he is. So I met a colleague of mine. I'll never forget it. I was standing in a, <laughs> standing in a restaurant, and, and sometimes you forget you know, your face is plastered all over the television, right? And so he said, hey, uh, our friend wants to see you. I'm glad I ran into you. So the only thing he's asking for is he's coming out of his coma. He said he wants to see you. He, he saw you on television, and his brother wants to see you. And I said, okay, that's, that's interesting. So we literally left that restaurant. i never forget, I didn't order my food. We went to the hospital that day. And he was in the burn unit here in, in, in Dallas. And I saw him, and, and he teared up, and I teared up, and, and we got to talking, and he was making jokes, and he said, you know, I, uh, I wake up out of a coma, and, and I look at the television, and I see this big head boy on television, and it's you. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted to do was have a conversation with you. I'm sharing this story because, and that was 12, 13 years ago, that when you would he lost his entire family, unfortunately. Wow. His wife and young children. He lost them all. And eventually, I remember trying to encourage him because he said he wanted to be with his family. That he couldn't take it on this on this earth anymore. Without them, he went back to the car to try to save them. I mean, it's a true story, man. And um, he eventually passed way and, and, and that was um, it was heartbreaking because he and I were partners at Merrill Lynch. He was my partner at Merrill Lynch. And, and we had a great we had a, we had a really good relationship. And it's nice because when you're in corporate environment especially in that time you don't have a lot of, 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 of black men that you can respect one another and you work through trying to be successful knowing that there's enough at the table and also knowing that the challenges before you are not unique simply because you are a person of color now we're having these conversations 12 13 14 15 years later um which seem to be ridiculous to me but they it is the nature of this society right of of the challenge that we face and so when i listen to your story the reason why i share that is because you bring to mind these types of conversations that I have had with young, with men like yourself. And I'm getting to my point, which is when I was having a conversation with you to think that you were going through all this, I remember your focus was, how do I push through this and how do I make this happen? And, and so I just, that's just a powerful testimony. That's the only way to say that, man. I really- And, 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 I, and I think that's where my gift and energy and my passion comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at, because when I start to tell my story, when I start to become a speaker, 
they would look at me crazy and be like, you okay? I was like, yes, I'm okay. And it would be like, you you know, why you didn't kill yourself? Or why you didn't do this and do that? And I was like, you know, the God, the God in me just wouldn't allow me to break all the way down. Now I had my moments. And I don't know, sit here and tell you that I, it, my, it's been an emotional roller coaster because even, because even after that moment right there, you know, the, the next year, a couple of years, uh, I'm in Dallas working and two girls um, landed. They was in a car wreck, but the car landed right there in front of the hotel where I was a night manager at. And the girls was thrown out of the car. And when I went outside, now, Gene, check this out. Now, and I remember this so vividly. The visual was, was crazy. The bodies was laid out exactly how it was laid out with the two people that died in my car. Mm. I digrated from college. Mm. And when it, there was two sisters. So they were thrown from the back. One head was stuck in a tree and the other one was, was just laid out. And so I went outside and I didn't stop. And and I and I picked the I, I held the young lady head up and I said, God, don't 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 do this to me two times. In the midst of while I'm I'm holding her and she's going in and I said, You're not gonna die on me tonight. You're not gonna die on me. And and those girls credit me for saving their lives, but I, just to look at my life, everything I had to go through and the the, the, the experiences and the situations and the, the moments and I, I feel like this is why I feel like I'm a different person. And that's why I feel like I have to, you know, that's why I named the first book, Your Story is Not Your Story. But we actually doing a revised edition of the book called Chosen because this time I know I didn't choose this. It chose me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now I now I know what I, I went mm-hmm. through. Why I know why I, I, have, I went through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially in this day and time. Mental health is so real, and mm-hmm. I and I cringe mm-hmm. when people say mental health, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, Lucas, everything you've been through, it's time for you to help the world. It's mm-hmm. time for you to impact. Like people need to hear your story. You mm-hmm. that you need to talk. You need to get it out there because you can save so many lives. And after they hear you speak, maybe they won't kill themselves. Maybe they won't give up on life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they they have a golden dream. So all these things start to come up, and and Gene, that's. That's been my life, mm-hmm. and I can't sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. It's raw and real. Mm-hmm. No, it really is. And and um, and apologies, Lucas. I know you and I were talking. You know, I'm struggling with some uh, some voice issues, which is interesting on a podcast. Have a voice issue, but um, <clears throat> so I think it's just allergies are kicking up. So if you um, uh, if you hear that, folks, it's just um, you know I am human and I do get sick sometimes. So. Uh, but this uh, interview was important enough that there was no way I wanted to cancel it because I know that Lucas uh, has a story that I believe we can all benefit from. And I just want to interject here and tell you that, folks, you can pick up his book, Your Story is Not Your Story, on Kindle. You can buy it in paperback. It's available on Amazon. Uh, you are, Lucas, working on a new book called Chosen. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. And this book is basically a revised edition of the of the first book because the first book I just told the story but now I'm giving you the emotions behind the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, people look at me, they look at my smile, and they prejudge me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's and it's, I, and I'm okay with that. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. But that's how God kind of set me. So they look at me and they be like, "Lucas, you haven't you look like you haven't been through nothing." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Woo, you just don't have no idea." Right. And you know, it's interesting because you say that because the same thing has happened to me, right? And so. What I'm learning, Lucas, and, and I'll share this with you in the audience, is we 
there's this sort of stigma when you go through challenges, right? There's this idea that somehow if you either make a human error or a mistake or and we hear all these stories after the fact. But we don't talk about the process, right? Going through the the actual process, which is what you and I are talking about. Where you are ostracized, where um you know, like when you were trying to date that young lady and you were trying to share your story with her in a moment of being vulnerable and she made a decision to say, you know, I don't really want to be with you because that might happen to me. Something I've really been contemplating on as I interact with people because my own story has been somewhat interesting and has had its challenges on a very in a very public way. That people want to pigeonhole you in that moment or use that as a as a wet noodle to sort of beat you with, right? And yet we claim to be um, forgiving and um, interested in, in 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 helping people along their journey do better for themselves. And I'm and, and I don't really see that as much as often as people claim for it to be. It's almost like if there is an accusation levied against you, or your life is not a Hallmark commercial, um, or if you get real with people and talk about the challenges that you're facing, not only as a black man, but also as a black leader, that's a very different concept, right? And then you talk about that as a father or a husband or, or you're just a human being. We put labels on that and limit people by that. And we are reluctant to step in at a time and help lift those people up we talk about it it's almost like we want to help you get out of the mud but we don't want to get muddy right and i just don't believe from a spiritual standpoint that we're called to do that we claim to be a forgiving christian nation and yet as we're seeing in 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 recent events that we sound and look like anything but right how do we rehabilitate those felons coming out xyz how do we uh help those people that are less than and, and, and instead of just throwing money at it, how do we help people to do better for themselves emotionally, um, financially, and spiritually? And, and so as I listen to your story and you say that people look at your smile and then once you explain to them what your story is, we can kind of sit as a spectator and go, wow, that's really tough. And then part of us is like, well, I'm really glad that's not me. Or we still have that mindset mm-hmm. that says, well, what did you do to call that? on yourself mm. right mm. and right. so you know in your in your book you make this statement and i want to read it uh if, if you don't mind because it's impactful to okay. me and i think it's important for our listeners through my story i want people to understand that in order to have success you must grow personally in all areas of your life it does not matter what you have gone through but that you go grow through it I want you to know that your story is all you have and nobody can take that away from you. If you have a dream, don't give up on it. And if God has put it in your heart and your dream, then it's already done. Life will happen to you, but through your own personal growth, you will succeed and impact the world. My mission is to let you know that I believe in your dreams, but you have to understand that you have it in you already to have the life you want. Remember, it's not over until you win. I believe in you, so go live in your go live your dreams. Take care, and God bless. I want to add this piece to to this, Lucas, just if I could. 
I recently have had conversations like this with all week with people from all levels. And something hit me. There was, we have three things. You can have a job, you can have a career, or you can have a calling. A job is something that you do and you can choose it as well as you can change it. And if you do a job long enough, it can turn into a career. And you have certain skills and talents that will make you good within your career. You can change careers and you can choose it. But something that you said that brought this statement of mine to mind is that a calling is very different because a calling chooses you. You can neither change it or choose it. And until you align your gifts and talents with your calling, which is your purpose, you won't have an impact on anyone. It sounds like to me, uh, you have stepped into your calling and that's all the work that you're doing. So tell us in your calling, other than the books, what have you been doing? Where has your journey led you? And where are you right now? Okay, so I'm in the next phase of my life where uh, I'm, I'm ready to you know, get back out there because now I have a, now I know who I am, mm -hmm. right? I, I know why I've been through what I've been through. And so uh, one of the things like we're doing is uh, – we we got the new book coming out. We have a documentary coming about coming out about my life, mm. so we can we can inspire the masses of people. And um, one of the things that I'm passionate about, I have a, a youth basketball league organization here in my hometown. And when I came back home, I saw there was a need of, for the kids to have something constructive to do, but make it make it eventful, make it impactful where they have their own memories. And, and so I started hometown? my. I'm sorry, where's your hometown? Uh, uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. So that's where you are right now. That's where I'm at. This, okay. this is where I'm at right now. Okay. And and it, it's it's a it, we have a negative thing storyline to our city, but it's some good people here. It's some amazing people here. Right. And and so me coming back home, starting my organization, we have over 300 kids, and it, it's a basketball league, but it's also a mentorship program. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's where my heart and my passion start to carry me to. And and I and I look at my kids, and they they be like, Coach Lucas. Why you always say I believe in you, mm -hmm. and they they don't know my story, and but telling my story to you today on your podcast, when I say I believe in you, I truly believe that because I know what I've been through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the word I believe in you, you see be you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the more that you become yourself, the more faith you will have in yourself, or the more mm -hmm. belief you will have in yourself. Gene, it took me a long time to become. To start, and I'm fully not there, but start to live who I God called me to be, or to be. That's where your confidence come at. Right. You know, I could t I could pull from you and pull from other people that I who have mentored me, but when it come down to it, I have to be myself because that's where my faith comes in at. That's where my energy comes in at, and that's where my my confidence come in at to to do what I do. Mm -hmm. And when I tell people that, they be like, "Okay, I get it." Man, that's why you patient. Man, that's why you have. That's why you believe in me like that. That's why you said, "Hey, you're not going through anything." Like, man, trust me, you could get through that. Trust me, I know. Not, not something that I read, but this is something that I have experienced. I know you can make it. Mm -hmm. So when I speak, I come from conviction and power. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not telling you. I know you can do it. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. 
and but I had to but look at the years I had to talk to myself like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And I'm still here. And so that's where my envy comes in at. That's where my passion and love comes from people. Uh, uh, that's why I love people the way that I do. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I, I tell we got, we got one life to live. And yes, we're going to go through some, some ups and downs. It's mm -hmm. okay to go through stuff. Mm -hmm. It's okay. But trust me, there is the other side. And, and, this, and I learned this a long time ago. If God brought you through it, that means he is letting you know, hey, I need you. Lucas, if I brought you through this, I need you to go tell the story. Because when we look at the stories in the Bible, yeah, those are old stories, right? Because it happened during that time. But we have so many stories right now in the physical presence that people need to tell their stories. That's the vessel right now. That's the vessel that we are right now. To tell those stories because people need it. They need right. healing. They right. they need faith. They need belief. Mm -hmm. And me telling my story give 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 people to live another day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is a compelling story. So um, what is the name of, of your mentorship program? Uh, walk us through that. Like, what makes your basketball camp that you have with the kids different than other programs that they have for young people? Is it is it co-ed? Is it mostly young men? Because uh, you said it had a mentorship element to it. So right. walk us through this. So, so we, it, it, and, how that, and how that came about okay. and, and the impact that's happening. Because you've got 300 young souls yeah, that you're actually mentoring. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Right. So so the program, so it, it's the basketball league, but I mm -hmm. turned it into a nonprofit because I want the membership the kids not only with basketball, but I want to educate them with life. And uh, I came back home and I started. I mean, basketball has been a passion of mine uh, since I was younger. And so I said, hey, th this would be a, a nice, uh, this would be a nice vehicle to still live in my purpose. Mm -hmm. And so we we started the league about six years ago, uh, me coming back home. And I have, it's, it's from the ages of, from five-year-old all the way up to 21-year-old. Mm -hmm. And so even, even beyond that, because some kids that I had when I was uh, younger and when they was younger, they're older now. And um, and I make the games like a real basketball game. I mean, just a regular basketball league, but we do we do charity games mm -hmm. uh, where we uh, from around the community because it's community based. Right. And, uh, I, and the thing with the league is we keep the kids off the street. You know, I put it in a professional environment. I don't charge much. And I put it in a professional environment. We had they have real games, but what I start to understand, these kids in my hometown, we really don't have nothing to do. Mm -hmm. And so them coming to the games and enjoying themselves and seeing their peers and having a good time, to me, that's what it. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. and, and 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 I know they could be doing they could be doing anything in in the world at that moment, especially in my hometown, getting into trouble. You know, out of they always say out of out of mind is the devil's workshop. Right. And so right. that environment. They see positive. They see people cheering for their kids. They see, you know, we have the nachos and the popcorn, and mm -hmm. and, and I mean, we have the whole shebang for them, and uh, and they love it, and they don't want to leave. I mean, and them kids give me energy, mm -hmm. and when I see them, and I think that's one of the reasons why I do it too, because they give me life, because mm -hmm. they so free spirited, they so happy, and not a care in the world. And sometimes we have to learn how to go tap it back into our kid like mind. So we could bring that happy because you know when we was a kid, you know, just imagine this for a moment, Gene. If we kept our mind frame as a kid as we do now as adults, and what I mean by that is when you when you fell when you when you fell on the ground and you're trying to walk, what you did, you got right back up, right? Right. Like you you didn't even hesitate. You didn't think about it. No. Nope. You know when you when your parents say don't do, you was like, hey, I want you know you were just so energetic and yeah. and full of life. Yeah. The true. goal is to 
the, the goal is to keep that. Right. Can we maintain it? And as an adults, we forget that. We do forget that, right? We make it more complicated. So how can people get involved in you? What's the name of the organization? And it's how called can- the youth. The, it's called the Youth Basketball League. Uh, you could contact me through Facebook, uh, Lucas L. Armstrong. Um, my telephone number is 870-718-5786. If you type in Youth Basketball League, uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, uh, on Facebook, you'll, you'll see our page there. Uh, you'll see all the kids, all the pictures that we have. Um, and, and that's it uh, okay. for the most part. Of it. But like I said, but to get directly in contact with me, uh, feel free. Hey, this is my personal number, 870-718-5786. And like I say, we, we accept anything. It, it could be from uh, uh, your money. I tell people it ain't all about the money. You can always give your wisdom, your time. Uh, I don't care if it's I don't care if it's five minutes. Right. You know, it, it's it's about the kids. And I, and I tell you one story before we uh, before I let you close here. I mean, when I first started, one of the kids now, now this mind you now, this is what I had to go through, some stuff I have I have been through. Uh, the kid said, Coach, he said, where are you from? He said, why do you talk like that? Why you walk? Why you why you dress like that? I said, man, I'm from Pine Bluff, just like you. I went to high school and college. I went to a I went to a HBCU. Mm-hmm. Okay. But him saying that and and to see when he graduated, guess who he was talking like? Guess who he was dressing like? His coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That let me know then, just like you was to me, you was an image in my life that I needed to see who I can who I who who I can become. Oh wow. And that's to me is special within this moment. So anytime you need me for anything, hey, I'm there, Gene, because at a part of my life, I was looking at an image that inspired me, which was you. Wow. I can tell you that image isn't perfect, but that is really inspirational to me. And let me just tell you this, Lucas, that anytime you need me, that I'm going to be here for you. And, you know, and I believe that it's important. Thanks for that, too, by the way. And I believe this in, it's important for you to continue to do the work that you've been doing. I also believe that this fits right into our series, The Alchemy of Leadership. Because leadership, as you and I have known and as I'm learning more and more, is lonely. It can be very, very lonely when you're doing it right. Oftentimes, leaders are not the loudest on the platform. We have the same fears, doubts, and struggles, and more so, sometimes exponentially so, those hurdles are higher for us to overcome. We don't often seek leadership um, because it's, you know, it's just easier not to, right? So the, I know that the work that you're doing is is very, very um, personally gratifying, but also very, very challenging. And sometimes it's not a big production in leadership that if you have um, a, a mission statement and you adhere to your personal values, regardless of in your personal defects, because we all have those, sometimes it just takes a few minutes out of our day to have a conversation with a curious mind. Not for this, nobody was in that room when you and I were talking, it was just you and I. You came back to my office and we sat down and we had a conversation. Back then I was probably sipping tea or rode my motorcycle into the office. And, um, it, and it really is surprising to me that here we are a little bit over a decade later and I've been following you on social media you're on Facebook and um, Instagram and Twitter and I've been every picture I think you have I like 
um, your story has been inspired me. And sometimes when we're busy doing what we say we're going to do, that does call out people to try to hinder us from doing that, whether that's personal relationships or professional relationships. But we have to march on anyway. And one of the things that you have inspired in me, young brother, is that because it, it has been hard. I've had the same challenges that you've had. I'm, I'm no different than you are. And in some cases, you, you've been doing this fight for so long, you just, you just get tired, right? And I believe that God brought you at this exact moment, reminded me because I was going through my own challenges. And, and sometimes when we get off the path, we, we tend to choose people that don't have our best interest in heart whether that's friends or family or um, whatever. And, and I had a situation that just happened that really sort of took the wind out of my sails because I, I, uh, I uh, found a, a tribe that I really had an affinity for that was going to make me better. And because of a decision that I made from a business standpoint, it sort of knocked me out of my sails, but it also taught me a lesson that as soon as that happened, I received a connection, a reconnection with you and another young gentleman, another young brother, that we had a conversation who is going to share his story on, on leadership. And then organizations that have come out of the woodwork from South Africa to, to Senegal um, to Europe who have just reached out and said, we want to be a part of what you're doing, this, this, oh. this alchemy of leadership. And to me, that is God really reinforcing in me that what I take for granted those conversations that I don't believe have any impact will come around and really act as the wind underneath myself so I can continue doing what he's called me to do. And so I am humbled and honored to share your story with our audience. I have benefited from this conversation with you, Lucas, to think that we met you were 20. And, uh, you know, uh, is that about right? It's about you were about 20, 20 something. Uh, I, I was 20 something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know right. exactly yet, but I want right. I was I was young. I was young. Right. And, uh, and and I always tell people, you just never know who's going to come into your life to impact, impact your life. And you had that light in your eyes and you still do. Yes. And I just yes. keep encouraging the people in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. They need you. And I'd love to have you come back on the program, share your story with us really um, keep our listeners up to date on you and what you're doing. It is so humbling to hear for me how you are coaching and mentoring 300 young souls, right? And I yes. believe you're funding your, your charitable organization out of your pocket. My own pocket. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Folks, if, um, if you want to reach out to Lucas Armstrong and you want to support this young man's mission and what he's doing you want to hear more about his story connect with him on Facebook and Lucas you can find him on Lucas L. Armstrong pick up his book on Kindle it's entitled Your Story Is Not Your Story and the Kindle edition really read through that and I know that a portion of the sale of the book goes to funding your charitable organization does it not? Sir. It does. Okay. Is there anything else you would like from your message that you would like to share with the audience or 
a young Lucas sitting out there who wants to emulate who you're becoming as a man in spite of all your challenges, struggles, and obstacles that you had to overcome. I, I would say this to your listeners, listeners, your listeners, I'm sorry. Um, you know, never give up on your life. Never give up on you first. Never, never give up. Mm-hmm. It might be hard. It might be challenging. Things are going to come your way. But just know that you are stronger than you think you are. And I think, as the old saying would say in the Bible, God won't give you no more than what you can handle. Well, Lucas, thanks for your time today. Thanks for sharing your story. Uh, we hope that this story resonates with our listeners. Folks, you have joined us on a episode of Folks Unfettered as part of our Alchemy Leadership Series. We are excited to have shared with you the story from Lucas L. Armstrong, the author of Your Story Is Not Your Story. He also has a 501c3 where he mentors, trains, and develops young minds, young souls, in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Please connect with him on all social media outlets. And we'll continue doing what we do here at Folks Unfettered. Lucas, I'll tell you that we are also expanding from our podcast and more of a vodcast. We're working on that. Uh, And we are also, um, I will be in Fort Worth, Texas at Reality Fest 2022. As part of a panel, we'll be talking about how to use our platforms for the benefit of people that watch those types of programs. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be September 17th and 18th. Uh, Lucas, if you can make it out, I'd love to see you there. Tickets will be available uh, at uh, realityfest2022.com. We will have more um, story information to share on that. Lucas, I would love to invite you back on the program to to follow up with you to see how your story is progressing. Uh, We're going to stay connected. Listen, we're going to stay connected offline anyway because you really have been an inspiration to me and 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 you remind me of why we do what we do. And I just want to see you soar, young brother. I want to see you take off and just meet all your goals, all your dreams because you can, because you can, and because you are, right? Um, sure. And that's, I, I believe in you. And, you know, that's just, that's the way it is. I still do. Nothing's changed for me. So... Just keep growing it. as a leader, keep growing as a community activist, keep growing as a strong black man doing the best that he can to benefit people from all backgrounds, all ethnicities, all socioeconomic levels, because we need more people like you um, in this world to help make it a better place. Thank you for your time today, and thank you for uh, participating in this series, and I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, you too. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you too.